0: Hi guys, welcome to the Tennis Bites podcast, where we serve you bite-sized insights into the world of tennis. Hi, I'm Adish. Hi, I'm Bhushan. And today we are going to talk about the Miami Open and most importantly, the emerging two new stars, Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner. So first of all, a big congratulations to Daniel Medvedev on winning his fourth 1000 Masters and establishing himself as a hard-court expert, as he's called these days. Once again, he has defeated Yannick Sinner in the finals of a Masters event. A couple of weeks ago itself at Rotterdam, we saw the same match that is between Medvedev and Yannick Sinner. And uh, both matches were played in a similar fashion, with Medvedev getting past Sinner quite comfortably in the end. And not taking anything away from Daniel Medvedev, but the big revelation of this tournament and the Indian Wales tournament, looks like it's Yannick Sinner.
1: Absolutely. He avenged his defeats uh, at the US Open as well as Indian Wales, didn't he? But of course, he has been playing uh, some great tennis uh, for a while now. Just that he, he uh, lost to Alcaraz in uh, US as well as Indian Wales. But maybe it's it's great that he's getting the recognition he deserves now. So far, only Alcaraz was uh, being talked about. Although Sinner was always quite up there in terms of quality. And now in terms of head-to-head record, uh, they are both even, I guess. Three all.
0: Yes, absolutely. And uh, Sinner is now the only player who has defeated Alcaraz on all three surfaces. Clay, Grass and hard. So, that is saying something. And I remember, like a couple of weeks ago, we were talking and I remember well that you had predicted that if Sinner and Alcaraz do meet at the Miami Open, so Sinner has a pretty good chance. And that is exactly what happened. So, what made you think this, especially after the Indian Wells?
1: Yeah, we even had a poll uh, in, in one of our groups, we? And uh, everybody, almost 100% people... Uh, Voted for Alcaraz. I was the only one who voted for Sinner. And yay, guess what I won. But to be honest, uh, I haven't been following Sinner too much. Uh, However, when I saw his match against Rublev, uh, three points really stood out for me. So first is uh, Sinner's reach is as good as Alcaraz. Fantastic court coverage. Uh, Backhand, I would say, is even better than Alcaraz. And in terms of ground strokes, I felt Sinner really hits uh, the ball a little flatter as compared to Alcaraz. So, on a faster surface like Miami, I felt that this will help him this time. And that's how I predicted maybe Sinner is going to win this time.
0: Wow, that is some pretty good technical analysis. And looks like it worked, man. So, uh, anyway, we now already know it that Alcaraz has lost his number one spot to Novak Djokovic. So, essentially, it means that Djokovic doesn't even need to play to become number one. Is that right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, Djokovic didn't participate in Indian Wales as well as uh, Miami. Yet, his ranking changed twice. So, Djokovic went from 1 to 2 and then again from 2 to 1. That is so much fun. Uh, For an outsider to really imagine, right? But, obviously, it all depends on the way uh, ATP handles its ranking system. You want to touch base a little bit on that?
0: Well, yeah, because the ATP follows a 52-week rolling point system. uh, It essentially means that when you start a tournament this year, whatever points you won last year at the same tournament get erased and you start from minus that many points. So Alcaraz being the defending champion at Miami had won, had gotten la, uh, a thousand points last year when he won the title. So the moment the week of the Miami Open started, Alcaraz started from minus 1000 points. So he had to at least win the tournament to even retain his previous points. On the other hand, Djokovic, because of the entire vaccination thing, couldn't participate last year as well as this year. So his points, his ranking was going to remain unchanged, irrespective of what he does. It was all going to be dependent on, you know, his fellow players who were playing the tournaments. So that's about it if we want to talk about the ranking systems for now.
1: No, oh, I'm sure we'll cover it in uh, one of our next episodes in detail because this is a slightly complicated system to understand and there are multiple dimensions to it as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I think we should do one episode, you know, entirely focusing on the rankings. Anyway, for now, what I want to say most importantly is that Djokovic and Nadal both were not playing uh this Miami Open, and uh, not even Indian Wells. And uh, do you think maybe both of them not playing could be a blessing in disguise? Because, you know, we were really worried about, you know, what tennis will be after the big three have retired. And this was sort of a trailer because none of the big three were present, of course, with Federer being retired now. And uh, it looks like the fans were pretty much excited to watch Alcaraz-Sinner semi-final as if it was a Roger-Rafa battle like some 15 years ago. So the atmosphere was there. There were fans divided between Alcaraz and Sinner. So, you know, very similar to the, you know, big three atmosphere.
1: Of course, how can we miss uh, that point? Probably the point of the year. And everybody was loving it. The match was so intense, it was almost uh, Rafa-Roger or uh, Rafa-Joko or Roger-Joko. So, it was almost there uh, with the top three, whatever matches we keep watching again and again. I am sure people will watch Sinner and uh, Alcara's Miami Open semis again and again. A fantastic match. Very, very intense. Very, very fitness focused. Uh, Although Alcaraz had a few chances to close the match, but that is how it is, right? And uh, talking about these two guys really having uh, uh, an important role to play after the big three, uh, I think so, yes. so Tennis is in good hands for sure. What an atmosphere. What a great match we had. And let's not forget Medvedev because he also was the finalist at Indian Wells. He was again the finalist here. Of course, he won uh, the Miami Open. But it seems like uh, we will move beyond the top three, maybe with uh, Rood, Rune and uh, Fritz. Maybe it will be a big four or a big five kind of a thing going forward. What do you think?
0: Well, yeah, maybe we will have 5 big players or 10 big players. But for now, it looks like the, you know, so-called young guns or emerging stars are doing quite well on their own. And they are making a fan base for themselves. People are really getting behind them. And of course, they're young. The quality is there. So, I don't think... Except for, you know, the uh, loyal fan following that the big three command currently, I don't think we are going to miss much in terms of tennis.
1: But as we are recording this show, I, I think we uh, news is coming in that Alcaraz and Nadal have pulled out of Monte Carlo. So in all this, I think sustainability and uh, the overall fitness levels or maintaining the fitness
0: levels will be a key for these upcoming young players. Yes, yes, yes. That is that is really very important, especially for Alcaraz because he also missed the Australian Open because of an injury.
1: Right, right. So that's it for this episode of Tennis Bites. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to us. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. Thank you so much.